Hey, how are you? It's Mary Bicknell. Welcome to Lead a Life Uncommon, where every Monday you're going to get a little biz bite to start your week off right. And then every Wednesday, we're going to deep dive into all things personal growth, where my goal is to help you have an aha every single week. You know, this podcast is for you, for the woman who's the go-getter, who knows there's more inside. And you know what? You're ready to smash through that self-imposed glass ceiling so you can finally see what you're made of. Ready? Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Biz Bites Monday. I have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Megan Huber, with me. And, you know, Megan is a biz friend and a woman that I have had such deep respect for on not only her personal life and how she shows up in excellence, but also as a businesswoman. She is amazing. And so thank you, Megan, for being here. She is, um, I mean, we've known each other now, I want to say like six or maybe six or seven years or something ish like that. Um, so Megan has her own podcast. You need to go listen to it built to last. Her business is structured freedom. She is an expert in all things relating to building a team, growing a massive business, um, showing up. And today I've asked her to come on and really have the, the bold truth conversation on how do we differentiate ourselves in the world of like online consulting, coaching, um, the genre, if you will, on selling expertise, right? And to have that real conversation. So in the first 10 minutes, Megan, first of all, welcome again. In the first 10 minutes, I'm gonna, I would love for you to share some of your biggest ahas having been in this industry, this online coaching consulting industry for years, having run multi-million dollar companies or being a part of running those, being the brain behind the brain. And now of course you have your own company making millions. Um, what are some of the biggest, like the takeaways that you and I talk about when we're not actually recording, what are some of the like big, (laughs) the big, the big lessons of late Yeah. There's so many conversations among friends, peers, and colleagues that happen when we aren't pressing record Yes, that (laughs) we're going to bring some of that today now that we have pressed record because they are really juicy. They're very meaningful. And it, and our conversations outside of like marketing and selling ourselves to me is what's really getting to the heart of ourselves as individuals, as women, as leaders, as CEOs, business owners, and people who are representing a very beloved industry to both you and I, the coaching, consulting, and online expert industries. I love the coaching industry. My background is in teaching. I was a high school teacher, and it was just a really cool segue and kind of marriage for me to come into the coaching industry. And from the start, I thought, wow, The coaching industry is like the new wave in this century of our teachers from the past. So to answer your question, yeah, I did work for, you know, I started my first coaching practice in 2011 and I was working with very traditional business owners, you know, photographers, jewelry designers, graphic designers. One of my clients was a pet groomer, a chiropractor a fetal alcohol syndrome scientist and college professor at the University of Chapel Hill. I didn't really know anything about the coaching industry. I had a coaching certification, but I wasn't in like the coachy coachy world. Right, right, right. And my clients weren't either. And uh, I actually left that business in 2014. And I worked behind the scenes of a many multiples of seven figure online coaching company. Because at the time I was like, okay, I have been kind of like, 
struggling to grow my own online business. And I was hiring all the coaches. I had hit like 10, 12 and 15 K months, but I was like, I really want a mentor to take me under their wing. And I want to see what really goes on. I really want to understand Right. How do you actually run a multiple seven figure business if that's what I want to do one day? Yeah. And so I sacrificed my own freedom in my own business. I went and worked there. And that was honestly, that was like my first true real glimpse into the coaching world. And there were a lot of things even there, not necessarily with the company, but I got to work with over a thousand women who were growing coaching businesses. And there were just so many things that never really set well with me around the way they were approaching business and um, personal development and this sort of just like poo-pooing on work ethic and hard work and being a business athlete. And I was just like, wait a minute, like, why are people starting businesses, honestly, in categories where they did not have the qualifications, certifications, experience, or education to actually be helping people produce results based on what they were saying in their marketing and sales. I was watching people who came into their business as something other than a make money coach. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, where you make the big money is being a business coach. So I'm going to all of a sudden become a business coach. Oh, oh, okay. I know. You know, that was one. And just the the people, it was funny, the people who were creating the most massive success, sad to say, they were the ones who were just becoming a carbon copy of that coach from their photos to their message, to their programs, the structure of their programs, everything. And I was like, interesting. And I'll be really honest. While I was there watching that, I thought, okay, Well, if I ever leave and start my own business again, that's what I have to do. I have to do it that way. I have to look like that, sound like that, structure it like that, deliver it like that, do all the things like that. And I will also be that successful. And a lot of people believe that. And that's Um, a huge fallacy. It is. Unfortunately, it's a huge fallacy. Two things. One is that, oh my God, I'm just, I can't make any money delivering coaching outside of how to make money. And of course we're both business consultants and coaches. So, you know, we could say that, but I know exactly what you're saying, or, um, let me take all of X, Y, and Z, Sally Jane's something or other. And I'm just gonna, you know, I'm going to take my own picture right in front of the Eiffel tower with my, with my Louis Vuitton bag, which we're not also here to say, don't take pictures like that. If that's really who you are, right? Like that, that's really the bottom line conversation today. It's like, who are you really? Yeah. I mean, so to like really answer your question about how do we differentiate ourselves and stand out? I think, you know, number there's a number of things here, but I think number one, it's, it's fully understanding and accepting what your true gifts are. Like what, what really is your zone of genius? What are your strengths? What are your gifts? What are you really talented in? And does it actually fit in the construct of the business and the direction that you have actually decided to go in, or like, this is just like a really get honest with yourself conversation, or have you just kind of been intoxicated by all of what you see out there? And you're like, Oh, that I've got to go in that direction because I could be good at that too. And I'm not saying you have to make a full 180. I think there could be like some slight nuances and shifts. Um, So I think that's number one. Number two 
it's really revealing your true personality. Like what are the things that make you like, what are the quirky things about you? I mean, I'll use myself as an example. Again, it's like in this industry, something that is really in the forefront is what are your desires? And it's like, it's like the people who are talking about that are just assuming everybody's desires are the fancy bags, shoes, and clothes, flying right. first class, five-star hotels. And, you know, I'm not saying I don't love those things, or I wouldn't say yes to those things if they were put in my lap. But are those the things that are really Megan? The answer is no. Um, I prefer to go to an Airbnb and make my own dinner when I'm in the Airbnb and like walk the city. I want to do like a city tour. I don't need a butler to wait on me hand and foot. I would rather go on a beach trip, be in the sand, never get out of my bikini, never wear a stitch of makeup and just have like beach hair the whole entire time. Right. You know, um, that's like totally me. I was a former athlete. I grew up with a brother who became a professional athlete. Part of that is like ingrained in me. And that's where part of my personality and my background comes. And I think it's so important that we are playing to our real gifts and strengths. And we're also really revealing our personality, whether it's like, are you goofy? Are you silly? Are you super laid back? Are you more serious? And for a long time, I really made myself wrong for being a little bit more serious, a little bit more into like the work ethic, a little bit more into the athletic stuff, like a little bit more into like the beachy scene. Um, and I think that we have to stop making ourselves wrong for that and trying to conform into a message or a person or a character that we well, think we have to be, that's going to make money. Right. I totally agree. You know, I mean, I, I have plenty of photos of me like hiking. I like, I I'm not a beach person because I live in the Northwest, right. I'm like the mountain girl. And, you know, so I think that my clients, they resonate with like, I'm an outdoor person. I love my heels. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't want to put on an, a killer suit and look like a badass, but totally. I'm, also, I'm also like no makeup, hair and bun. Here I'm at my other house showing videos of like, look at these bald eagles and like, here's a rainbow and all that. And I think that, I think that it's also, you know, let's speak to the reality that sometimes it does take people a little time. Right. And I think in general, I want to say that many times women fail to, or like fail might be a, a strong word, but their whole lives, frankly, have been trying to conform and put on the hat or the mask that someone has handed them. Oh, you're yeah. going to go to college. You're going to be a good girl. You're going to be the, this you're going to be the, that. And when, you know, when we're like, oh, guess what? You know, part of marketing is like revealing who you really are. That's your differentiator. I think that sometimes part of the growing pains is just tell me what to do. You know, do I need to go take, you know, those 25 photos in the Eiffel Tower and buy a bag that I would never normally buy or, or whatever it is, right? And I think that part of the evolution of successful business that are sustainable, right? I've had my business eight years, you've been in business 10 years, but I, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19. I think the sustainability comes from when you get to that point where you're more your real self. And like we've talked offline, as we grow, like sometimes we're going to look differently. We're going to be more and more able and capable and desiring to reveal more of ourselves. not necessarily the down and dirty, ugly, but the like, okay, here I am in my bare feet at my river house or what have yeah. you. Yeah. And really going in the direction that we feel called to go, not yeah. just also, not just what we're really good at. I was chatting with, uh, another consultant coach the other day last, yeah. I think it was last week. 
And she started her business in 2018. She was a, she was in sales for 16 or 17 years prior to that sales and marketing. So that was her jam. I mean, like yeah. corporate sales and she made like one point. I think she said she made $1.9 million in the first two years of her business being a yeah. sales person. Right. And she completely shifted her, like literally closed all of her programs that had made $1.9 million. Like this is a conversation you and I have been talking I know, about. I was like, is she talking about me? She's not, but go ahead. She <laughs> literally closed her coaching programs and her, she had a business with somebody else and she had her own business, closed it down. And she has gone in a completely new direction because she's like, just because I'm good at sales and that is my skill set doesn't mean that that is what I'm, that is my greatest service to the world now. Yeah. And she's been able to really shift. Now it, I asked her, I was like, are you, Maria, are you like scared to death? And she's like, heck yeah. She's like, I'm afraid every single day I shouldn't have done this. It's not going to work. But she's like, it's so much more than just sales. There's so much more that people need. And it doesn't just have to be, she was kind of saying the same thing as you, like, you know, you go to college, you get a job, you stay in your job. Right. And I think many of us choose these avenues to go in, in the beginning and we stick to it too long because it's like, yes. I got to make it work. Yeah. I have to make it work because I have to make it work, you know? Um, but you can shift, you can kind of reinvent yourself. And again, like back to your original question about how do we differentiate yourself? I think there's also a great deal of discernment that goes into knowing when it is time to reinvent yourself and to reinvent your business. Um, but also know what you're getting yourself into when you do that. I don't, you know, some people, you know, I was coaching a client on this a couple of weeks ago and she's like, I'm just so frustrated with my clients. I want to close my 12,000 person Facebook group. I want to yeah. ditch all this. I want to ditch that. And I said, are you sure you want to do that? Or do you need to actually work on your leadership skills? Because if we don't look at that first, yes. you're going to take the same leader with you into the new, whatever business you want to build or the new Facebook group or the new programs. And you're going to get the exact same result you got there, which is more frustration. So we actually need to look at that first because you don't understand what you're doing when you just tear your business down to go build another one, because you are literally in startup mode all over again. And people don't actually understand that. Yeah, no, I get it because I was ready to throw the baby with the bathwater out not long ago. And, it, and, you know, again, you, you hit this certain level and this certain, you know, you build something super successful. So there's multiple layers there, right? It's like what you said about leadership or where am I going or my own worthiness factor, or, you know, part of expanding your business and expansion and visibility and the responsibility that does come when you build that kind of community, you have to continue to do all that inner work, right? Or you're mm -hmm. just bringing yourself with you, right? It's just like, how many times have people said, I do, I want to change my niche. And it's like, well, are you really showing up like the real you? Are you doing, have you done all the internal work? Have you done your mental work? Have you examined your behavioral patterns? Until you do that, it's not the right time to make a different decision. Yeah. If you've done that and you can say, I have done that and I really want to go in a different direction, that's one thing. But yes, I think that exactly what you're saying is, you know, kind of what happened to me over the last, um, whatever, six or eight months where I was ready to just like start all over. And then it's like, how many times do you start over? Is that something to examine? Right. It's the same yeah. kind of thing, but definitely leadership. Right. I think that sometimes we do get in that place, you know, where, um, and I know you and I have talked about this, like, where are the really strong women leaders? And, I'm, and we're looking at each other like, 
I think it's us. I think it's us. Oh my God. Right. So, so what does that mean? Right. And how do you have that boundary as a strong leader and, you know, leading with inspiration to have people follow without telling people, how can you show them part of the leadership qualities? I think is, is what we're talking about is showing up like the real you. Oh yeah, for sure. And you're exactly right. Like you and I have had so many conversations and look, I'll also out myself. Although I don't know how much this is going to change for me in the future. I have historically hired way more men to be my mentors than I have women. I have found that from my personal exploration and research and experience, men, in my humble opinion, that I've hired have been much better leaders, facilitators, and mentors than the women have that I have worked with. And that's not to say women can't be great leaders. So nobody come back and say, Megan said women can't be Megan great said leaders. On that pot. Right. No, it's but not. I've that. had, I've had yeah. many conversations. You're one of them. Some other people, you and I know right. mutual friends yeah. and colleagues in this industry. And for probably, I'd say like the last two and a half years. And again, like you've been one of these, I've had many conversations with colleagues and we're like, who are you looking to hire? Are you finding it? And we're talking about like women to hire. Have you found anybody that you feel like is like what you're looking for in the industry? And I mean, I kind of hunted and I was with the same business coach who was a guy for five years And it took me two and a half years to find a female that I thought could be a great leader for me. And I still have a male coach as well in another category, but to hear so many women say, I can't find a strong female leader that shares similar beliefs, values, and philosophies about business and also life and living about family, the family unit and family lifestyle. Right. About health and well being and wellness, like physical health, mental, emotional, yes. psychological health, all of those um, relationships, friendships with other women. You know, it's like we kind of have like these two ends of the spectrum in the industry. It's like the fairy, rainbows, right. um, law of attraction, all of that, which is great for what it is. And then you've got the pendulum swing, which is just like hustle and grind. Yeah. And it's like a woman that just acts like a man over there. And it's like where we we need both worlds and we need both worlds integrated really well. And that takes a very strong leader to do that. It takes a very unique leader to do that. And it actually requires, I believe, skill sets in the categories of coaching, mentorship, leadership, and teaching. And I also believe the fifth one, which is not really like well, it's a role that you're playing, but I also think that at our stage, um, your clients and including me, we're also looking for our mentor to be like a friend to us, right? Like not sitting on a throne with a queen crown behind a velvet rope, like you are the guru. It's like, no, I actually want you to be my friend. And I have found that with men. I feel like I'm actually friends with the men who are my coaches. Now I'm not like calling them up on the phone and saying like, Hey, let's go grab dinner. I don't mean that, but you've got to feel like you are connecting to the friend in them and they're connecting to the friend in you. And I just think that that is something that for whatever reason, um, which is another conversation, I think that's more challenging for women, but to your point, Mary, we were literally staring at each other and it's like, why are we continuing to seek it? 
but we're not revealing it within ourselves. Why aren't we not becoming that woman? And well, I think too, when we had that conversation not long ago, I think you and I were on the precipice of having that next level of our own development and growth, right? Because, you know, it, oh, I have chills. It's so, it's so funny. We're like, wow, you know, where, are, and it's like, holy shit, it's, it is us. Okay. So what does that mean? And that's where I like went deep in like, uh, shedding, 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 you know, to be able to rise up at a different, different level and, and also claiming and knowing that I am the leader of my community. Right. And allowing myself to say that without the like guru. Right. So there is like this moment where of course I'm ahead in many areas of my clients, of course, I also consider my clients on many levels peers. They're mm-hmm. extremely well-educated, brilliant women. I just happen to know more in this particular arena and category than yep. they do. They know more in other categories, but yep. it is that moment. And this is like my mission is certainly to, you know, the whole brand about lead a life uncommon, be bold, brave, outgoing leader, deciding to lead a life. It's like, it's also being brave enough to be that leader. And we need to mentor our clients to be those women leaders because they don't have that and they haven't been raised that way. And you and I both have daughters. And I know that that is a core value with our daughters. Like how can they be leaders themselves or what quality, like where, where do we need to change the narrative that we're giving to our daughters? And then the same with our clients, where is the narrative change where we can say to our, our clients, like you are the leader you can be the leader in your niche. You can be the leader in your industry. And this is what it looks like, you know? And I, and I, I want to be that example. And I know you do too. And that's what you're striving for. And that's what you've accomplished as I have. So it it is, it's like, you know, um, that whole conversation. One of the things that I talk about when I'm talking about men is, you know, what men aren't saying. They're not like, should I ask 29 girlfriends whether I should do this? Should I like, they're not asking permission. They might Mm -hmm. be seeking some input, but they're, they're, the weight of someone else's input does not outweigh their own sense of decision-making. And yeah. I think that is also, that's like how women are conditioned, how girls are conditioned. They got to go ask all their girlfriends, what should I wear today or whatever? You know, I'm, I'm minimizing it to a point. And one of the things that I'm, I really lead with in, with my clients is like, I am not your permission giver. Mm. And I choose not to have that role. What I do choose is to support you in being your own decision maker. And, and I don't know that very many people say that. Yeah. Well, you're exactly right. And I do think that a lot of people, women, especially do require quite a bit of guidance on making better decisions and making the decisions that are right for them and building the muscle of making more powerful decisions. Yeah. That's, you know, people always ask me, I mean, I know how to say what I do, but when I really look at what am I actually doing with my clients? I mean, I could, I can boil it down to, well, I mean, honestly, and not to like minimize it, I'm really helping my clients make better decisions for themselves, make more powerful decisions and make more decisions more often that are actually leading them to where they want to go and not hesitate right? Yes. Um, more, more decisions quicker so that yeah. you can get into action and then you can make better assessments. I'm very big on like, make a decision that whatever your decision is, is the right decision until you've put action into it. And then you can make a different decision. Yeah. Like, basically it's like make a decision and then you make, make your, make it right on the other side. Of exactly. Making the decision. 
Exactly. Make good on the decision on the other yes. side of it and yes. don't keep looking back yes. and telling stories about the past yes. because then you're just operating from your old identity yeah. and we're not, we're not operating from the future identity that we want to become. Yeah. Make good on the decisions that you are making and stop. Like, here's the other thing too, that, I mean, I do this too, Mary, we also, and I think women are uh, more prone to doing this than men. We tend to judge ourselves, criticize ourselves and shame ourselves when we make certain decisions. I don't see men really doing that. In fact, I'm in a, I'm in a, I can't even call it a coaching program. I'm in like this circle mastermind type of thing in the, in, uh, in the personal development category. It's all about influence and communication. And it's about 50% men, 50% women. Everybody in the room is some kind of entrepreneur. I'm probably like the least financially successful in the room, but I have no idea how successful anybody is or how much money they make because money and business has never come up in conversation. But I have found that space for me personally to be so refreshing and so revealing because I'm the only coach in the room, number one. So it really gets you out of like the coaching world. right? And I'm in a room with half women, half men. And I'm in a room where everybody is an insanely successful entrepreneur, but I don't know what kind of car anybody drives, how many houses anybody has, how much money they made last month, because it's never a topic of conversation. And it's interesting to see what I also like about it is I'm getting to observe how the women in the room show up and how the men in the room show up and the women, I mean, it's not a knock, but again, they tend to be like shame themselves. I said it, you know, judge themselves, beat themselves up. And then when the coach is coaching them, it's like a little harder to crack through that to actually get to who they really are. And then the men, it's just like, okay. I mean, literally just like lasers into the men. And then the women are over here, like, fighting, like fighting to hold on to this, like shame and guilt and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, we, we actually have a lot to learn from the men in the room. I know. And, and it, this is the heartbreaking stuff for me because I, I know exactly what you're saying. I see it myself. And, you know, it's like these brilliant, amazing women, uh, uh, I call it like dumbing down, you know, it's like stop in their own fear about what it would be like to show up, right. Their own judgment of self and worry about the judgment of others. Yeah. And again, right. It's like, it's like the same conversation that I have with people who are in, you know, more of corporate where it's just like everybody's sitting around the table and their Bob is raising his hand and he's like, I got an idea. And I, and you know, meanwhile, Sally's sitting over here thinking, shit, that's the same idea I have, but I didn't raise my hand. And there is this moment where, you know, it is so much like I was saying conditioning, but then there's a a line, right. Where it's like, once you recognize, I believe strongly, like once you start recognizing like, oh, this is what I do and you keep doing it, then that's on you. Right. Then you're, then you're, you're mired in your martyrism and victimhood. And I have zero tolerance for that. Like once you have the, the dawning, and I'm not saying it's not a journey because like, you know, I've played, paid many a tens of thousands of dollars to my coaches, my life coaches, my personal development and my therapist, right. To help me see things a different way because of my conditioning. But then there's a moment where it's like, you're doing this to yourself, Mary. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I think we need to, to speak up more. It's just like when you and I spoke and we we're like, oh my God, we're sharing the same experience we're in, and not necessarily speaking up about it. So we need, and this is why I wanted this conversation to be so ripe and real because, you know, being part of leadership is also the revealing, I believe, in these stories like we're telling that this is part of the journey. And so we don't have to isolate. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to mire in the like, oh my God, it's only me. I'm the only one who feels like nervous for growth or can I do this or should I do this and all of that kind of thing. I mean, um, because it is frustrating. It is frustrating mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm looking at who, what's the top podcasts, right? Who like, where are those those women? And there are a few in our industry, but there's not necessarily as many as the men, right. Because you know why they're just like out there freaking doing it and then adjusting along the way. They're not afraid to ask. I I mean, I've had, there's so much debate, which we're not going to get into this, but this is a good example. There's so much debate and there has been for many decades around why are women getting paid more than men and this whole like equality thing. Right. And look, there's so many different nuances. There's so many different variables. I, I, I'm aware of that, but how (laughs) about we look at, how about we look at this? Men are more willing to ask for what they want. Well, of course. Men are just asking to get paid more. The women are like, oh my gosh, you'll pay me $40,000. Thank you so much. I'm going to bow down to you because you're going to pay me $40,000. But if you talk to the women who've been hired in like corporate positions, the ones who actually, and I'm not saying it's a hundred percent, right? But the likelihood of you getting paid more or equally as the man is going to go up and increase if you ask. Right. If you ask for it. And I've heard lots of stories of women who said, you know what, this is what they offered me. And I knew in that moment I was worth more than that. And so I asked for more and guess what? I got it. Women just need to get more accustomed to asking for what they want more often and also being really clear on what we want. And I'm not talking out to other women. Like I do this any better than anybody else because I need to do it more myself, but we have to more frequently reevaluate what it is that we want and the direction that we're going and not just do it at this in December for the next new year about, let me get clear on what I want. Because in a woman's life, I do believe that our seasons change and evolve very, very frequently. You know, your season changes when you go from single to being married from being just the two of you to now you have your first child and now you're a mom and now you're a working mom. And then now maybe you become a stay at home mom and now you have your second kid. And you know, it's like our roles are changing and the seasons are changing for us all the time. Our wants and desires are going to change too. And I think that we have to evaluate that a lot more often. And then we have to own that. And then you got to ask for what you want. Right. I agree with you. I, I, you know, w- that is definitely one of the things I'd like to talk about too. asking, you know, what's the, what's the surest way to see whether you're going to get what you want is ask, you know, ask. it's just like, it may, it's becomes illogical, not asking. Cause if you don't ask the answer will always be no, it just doesn't make any sense. But what, to your point is, I think that what happens so frequently is women, it, it's either they don't literally don't know what they want because they've fallen into the role of expectation and this is how it's done. And now I'm in a traditional marriage or whatever it is. And then they're like, they feel trapped. Like, holy shit, I do have the two kids now. Can I really make a business? Can I really do this? Can I really, whatever it is. And there's terror there, right? There's fear of change. And so that's part of it. And when I talk to clients and I'm like, what do you really want? And they say, well, I don't really know. And I just tell the truth. I'm just like, I don't believe it. (laughs) It's whether you're willing to say what you really want. 
I have clients come, how do you, how do you really, how can you help me figure out what I really want? I'm like, you know what you want. It's will, it's whether you're going to be bold and brave enough to actually say it and follow through and not, and then be willing to be, you know, cast out. And, and most people aren't right. Most people are not willing to do that. And I think too, that, you know, even people who are like, well, I'm afraid to be so successful because now they've got this idea of what that means. Like there's some like on an Island and they forget because they haven't experienced that when you do that growth and when you have the, these new levels of success, there's a whole arena of us out there. Like, where are your new friends? Right. Yeah. Like, so, so they think they're going to be alone. And so they're not willing necessarily to raise their hand, to get the raise, to take a chance, to get the divorce, to like all these things, because they think they're going to be alone as opposed to they haven't learned the lesson that when you rise up, although it's fewer people, right. Because we, to me, yeah. I went, the uncommon, right? I don't want to be around like the masses, but when you rise up, there's others there of us waiting with open arms, by the way, right? Come on, come on. We're, we're waiting for you. We want, we're pulling people up, right? Pulling Mm -hmm. women up and, and supporting them. And I think that, um, that's what you and I have definitely done for each other. I know over the years. Sure. Well, and I think it, you know, it, at a certain stage in your business and yeah. your, well, you know, your business, the other thing that we're really looking for, I think also based on our current stage of life, you know, like we're in second half, we're at second half of life now. Yeah. We, and I've seen this with my own clients, we're searching for friendships, right? So like part of what's up there when you get there, it's friendships. Like, yes, there's collaboration and there's peer groups and right. there's colleagues and there's strategic partners and all of that. But I think one of the things that a lot of women, myself very much included, have not made a priority over the last few years of like pushing forward to build this business is we haven't made it a priority to build real female friendships and have yes. like a set of girlfriends, and like kind of all in the name of, but I'm over here growing this business. And then you kind of pick your head up and you're like, wait a minute, That's like, who totally are my friends? Who are my girls? 100%. And we need that. Like we desperately need that. And I, you know, you need people you can turn to and just like be real and honest with. And I will never forget the conversation you and I had at the end of last year when you were, we were just like, Hey, let's have our quarterly catch up. And you're telling me all this stuff that you were feeling in your business. And I'm literally in my head over here. Like, is she talking? She's literally describing almost word for word, the exact same experience I've had all year. And I told no one, I told nobody. And I just sat around and drove myself utterly crazy in my head. And I called it, you know, suffering in silence when I could have just picked up the phone and called Mary. I could have just, but then it's like, we think, well, yeah, but she's got it all together. What's she going to think about me? She's going to think, I don't really know what I'm doing. And you know, that's a tape I would, I would never have thought that I would have been like, thank God, because I've been feeling the same damn way over here. And, and I think that also, you know, it does happen where, you know, we, um, it is that we're busy, right. With our business. And sometimes it's like, this is a phase, or like you said, a season, there are seasons that as you grow, you're hitting this next level of whatever. And there should be a moment of the death of the old you, right? The death of the ego, the shedding of the BS, whatever it is. And, but we forget that we don't need to do that necessarily in silence. Here's the issue though. So part of this is something that you and I've talked about too, is I started recognizing, like I was in these pure masterminds and then we just started having a bitch session. And so one of the reasons that I personally had hesitated really talking is 
is because I didn't want a bunch of other women quote commiserating with me. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. so shitty. And da, da, da. instead of being like, huh? Okay. I started saying like, why is it that all these people, like yeah, all, yeah. we all have different audiences and different client bases. Why is every, all of those people a problem? I'm like, well, it's us. Yeah. Right? It's us. And so that was a big thing for me is that I recognize for me, which I'm not doing anymore. And this is why you and I talk more is really because I don't want to be suffering in silence and I don't want Sally Jane commiserating and agreeing. I want somebody to be like, maybe this is some shit you need to work on, Mary. Like, yeah. I want that. I want that level of friendship where I can say to you, like, um, you're in your head right now or whatever. And I want someone to be able to do that with me, not just, uh, you know, the clutch of like, you know, chatty Kathy complainers. Like that is not leadership. That is not helpful. That does, that only feeds, I think, women's disempowerment. Exactly. I would agree. Yeah. I think we've, you know, we've got to establish the type of friendship with people where, it's okay to call each other out and to call yes. each other up to a higher level yes. and not just in business and life as well. Sure. You know, I think we, as business women, we also have a tendency to get together and only talk about business, Yes, but yet we also have families. We have husbands, we have children, we have health goals. We have parents who are aging. Yes. Um, you know, I got together with a friend, you and I both know her actually, um, who lives right down the street from me. When I say that, you probably know who it is. Uh, I do lives mm -hmm. right down the street from me. And we live a mile apart from each other. Our right. daughters are the same age, a mile away. We never, we almost never see each other in person. And she even like, she was on my team for two years, like teaching inside of my program every single month. She did in years too. Right. And we were like messaging each other and, I, and we were messaging each other about getting together to have a content day content creation day. And so we picked Friday, February the 4th. And we were like, so excited because we're going to like, just be together to create our content. It's more fun than doing it by yourself. And so we kicked our morning off early to have an early lunch around 11 o'clock. She picked me up. We went down the street, had lunch. We didn't crack open a laptop or pull out a cell phone and write one shred of content yeah. because we just needed to talk. I we know. just Actually, needed I just to be talked to her yesterday for like at least an hour. I was like, oh my, plus I'm coming to Florida. So I was like, oh my God, oh, yeah, that's thing. right. I know. So I'll tell we you just needed about that to talk time. about like, we Everything. talked about our husbands. Talked we about talked about yeah. our kids' schools and where we want them to go to school. We talked about where we want to live. Yeah. We both talked about like how we completely shifted our businesses and neither one of us even talked about it to anybody last year. And you do start to feel like you live in a silo and not just in your business, but in like your, again, it's like your health goals, your family goals, your parenting goals, your friend goals, your adventure goals, your hobby goals. There's so many other aspects of life that make us again, going back to your original question, Mary, <laughs> yeah. what differentiates you? It yeah. is how you're living your life. And when we just put our head down and focus on this business thing, we actually become insanely boring people. I will be the first to raise my hand and say, I became such a boring human. I became the most boring version of myself because I, I was just working on my business. Like that literally became my hobby. Yes. And the coach that I work with, who's a guy where it's men and women. And I'm the only, I'm in the only coach in the room. I was out there about six months ago and, um, we go out there and it's like a dinner and then a whole 16 hour day. And then you fly home. 
But in the morning of our 16 hour day, we usually start around 6 a.m. and it's some sort of physical activity. And this one happened to be hiking. And we were in groups of three and he gave us like an assignment of what we were talking about, why we were also hiking five miles. And he was also kind of hiking up to everybody and, you know, getting a couple of minutes in with everybody. And so I got a little bit of one-on-one time with him for about five minutes. And what came out of that conversation was that I really, the purpose of the hike was to talk about and pull out of each other, what you really enjoy. Like, what do you really enjoy as a human being? And he overheard me talk about, I enjoy physical challenges. And so he like hikes up to me and he's like, so I heard you say, and he's like, what are you doing? And then he just kept asking me more questions and he pulled out of me. I love to be physically challenged and I love to be physically challenged with other people because I love challenging other people. And I also love to be challenged in groups, but also not like running on a flat road. Like I like sort of like adventure things. And he goes, um, he pointed out to me, he goes, you know, you're a boring coach, right? And I was like, what? He goes, you've become a boring coach. He goes, you're a boring coach with your clients, aren't you? And I was like, what do you mean by that? He goes, you just said, you just stood here and told me you like to be challenged and you like to challenge other people, but you're not doing it with your clients, are you? And I was like, oh my gosh, you are so right. Right. You are so right. And part of that is because I had let my life become so dormant because I was just like building this business. And that's really boring to the people out there because you don't really have anything to talk about. And you just become like this one dimensional version of yourself. And, And to me, when I get together with people like you or with her, and we're actually talking about what we enjoy and what adventures we want to go on and how we want to live our lives, it reignites that. And it re reminds you like, Hey, I actually have a life to live here. And the business is just one aspect of it. One facet of it. Yeah. I, I agree with you so much. I'm glad that you're saying that because, you know, when I think about when I first um, to the point about being boring or, or let's for also look at it from the point of what do we even share with the world? Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're just being boring, right. And you're not sharing, like you're going to sign up for Sparta or whatever. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe, right. Maybe it's like, what are we painting also for our clients? It doesn't feel very inspirational. Does it? When we're just like, oh, we work all the time and we do nothing else. <laughs> like that is like, who's going to be like, well, let me pay you lots of money, Megan and Mary. So I can do that. Right. And so I think that part of there, there's a, there is this moment where you don't have to share all the down and dirty and ugly and, or in the moment, right. We're not, we don't need to share our story from the bleeding of it. We can share like you and I are right now with this conversation from the, like the scar is healed over or it's healing over. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it's like from that perspective. This is one of the reasons why, you know, like sharing what you're doing like this, right? Uh, uh, What are you going to do to that point, right? About what physical thing are you going to show up so that you're leading by example that you are a well-faceted individual, right? Uh, And woman, and it's not just all business business. And that's Um, leadership. Again, like your question to prompt this whole conversation was about what makes true leadership and it's living by example. Exactly. In all areas of your life. That's true leadership and not from the place of what we see so much in the coaching industry of like, I made X amount of dollars last month in my launch in 10 days and I can teach you how to do it too. Right. No, it's not that that's not true leadership. That may be one little fraction of it, but that's not the whole picture of true leadership. People want to be led by a human being 
who is leading their business. Yes. Like a CEO, but he's also leading their lives in alignment with their values, their beliefs, their philosophy, and, and really are squeezing the most out of what we have while we're here. God, well, that's, I mean, we could keep talking, but I feel like that's the perfect end for my final question to you (laughs) because we could just keep going. So how do you define being a woman who's chosen, who's decided to lead a life uncommon? That's such a good question. You know, I think it's really honoring where do we as an individual feel called to serve? Where do we find the most joy? What do we truly enjoy the most? And it's actually saying yes to that. It's doing those things. And it's number one, allowing ourselves to even come face to face with what those things are and accept it. And then number two, it's following through and actually doing it. Like the way that we're going to live our most uncommon life is giving ourselves the opportunity to have new experiences and filling our calendars with new experiences, not just in the business, but like, do you want to go play, you know, I want to go play more tennis. I want to take flying lessons. I want to volunteer at a school, like give yourself new experiences. That's what's going to be living a life uncommon. Amen. All right, girl. (laughs) This is so fun. So good. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. The best place it, you know, if you're already listening to this podcast, you probably are a podcast listener. So go check out my show. It's called built to last. It's all about building a business marriage and like family life and lifestyle that is built to last. And you can also go to my website at meganjohnsonhuber.com. Awesome. And I'll have all the links. Okay. Everybody make it a badass, wonderful, amazing day. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Hey, you've been listening to the lead a life on common podcast. I'm here helping you create a life to allow you to do whatever the heck you want to do whenever you want to do it. If you got some value out of this, I'm going to ask you pop over and give a five-star review, subscribe and share this with a girlfriend, you know, is ready to lead a life on common herself. And I want to give you a couple of things. Number one is pop over to marybicknell.com slash podcast. I have something called the guide to your hidden thoughts around money and success. You're going to uncover some good stuff there. It's a little workshop I'm giving to you. And another thing I want you to take advantage of is this exercise I did all around connecting with your evolved future self. You're going to love this exercise. It's going to be fantastic. In fact, when you're done please, please, please go and tag me on Instagram or any of the socials and tell me what you thought. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and I'll chat with you soon. Bye now.